Welcome to Sitting with My Sisters. We are three friends in three different places with three different perspectives. Bringing you a podcast to share the love, light, and goodness of Jesus Christ as we go through the recent general conference talks from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I'm one of your hosts, Melissa Hoy, and with me are my sisters, Kristen Lawler and Jamie Stone. All right, it's another episode of Sitting With My Sisters. It's so exciting to be with you guys. Um, so we have three weeks until conference. Oh, so exciting. I can't wait to hear um, what the brethren have to say um, to us, what our prophet has to say to us. Um, so that way he can let us know how we can prepare because Jesus is coming. Um, our, our world cannot handle another plague, I don't think, or another disaster. It probably can. I just can't handle it. Anyway, so um, in preparations, we're actually really excited. We've, we've um, partnered up with a couple local um, LDS women businesses with artwork and, and things to do for general conference. And so we're going to be doing a giveaway next week. We're so excited about it. We're so excited to partner with some amazing people and to be able to continue to um, share the goodness of Christ and so look for it next week. We'll explain a little bit more in our podcast how you can be able to get this giveaway and um, look for our Instagram too as well. well. We'll share a little bit more about that. So, but on to today, um, today's topic or today's talk is Come and Belong from Elder Dieter F. Uchtdorf, who someone in our ward, actually she just moved out, used to call him the Silver Fox. And that he was very attractive. That someone is me. No, that wasn't. Oh, there's multiple people in our world. That <laughs> it's He's the silver fox. It. I didn't make it up. <laughs> he is my son Zachary's favorite because um, when he was talking about ministering on how what they were going to call ministering on how they they thought about calling it the shepherd, and he said, "But I would be the German shepherd," and my son cracked up for such a long time and continually like he's the one who said the german shepherd joke so he's one of my one of his favorites and I, he's actually one of he's super funny and, and just i i really do love the way he balances out from humor and as well as um gospel -ness. i love Uchtdorf. i think he's one of my favorite people to listen to i look forward to everything that he um has to say, and he is the next person I'll be studying in my daily general conference talks. But I love that he titled his talk this time to become and belong. Because a year ago in April 2019, his talk was come and see, come and help, come and stay. So it's kind of almost a continuation to come and belong. Have you noticed, Kristen, in your conference listings? So those of you I think you shared on Instagram page, Kristen is amazing, and she's listened to all of President Nelson's, President Oaks, and she's working on President Irene right now. Have you noticed a theme in the titles with all of the different leaders? I haven't. Um, well, right now I'm in Irene's, and we're still in the 70s, so. <laughs> so we'll see. But it's, what I do notice is that the stuff from the 80s and the 70s it's the same 
today. Like their words are just as important today as it was back then. And it's funny to me. Oh no, I'm sorry. In I-rings, I'm in the 80s. Right now I'm actually in 1998. Sorry, it was someone else I had listened to that was in the 70s. I misspoke. But um, everything that they were facing in those times a few decades ago, we still face now like there's different things that have since been updated like in one of Iring's talks he talks about having a tv with a vcr and how that's the big thing to have <laughs> and you know it's not like that anymore but technology and having a big flat screen tv or a feet a 4d or 4k and a curve like there's still it's still relevant if you just update the things like i that. still have a vcr I have a VHS of like my high school dance routine. That's about all I got. I don't want to know what's on our VHS tapes of home from my parents. He, my, dad, my dad did a lot of recording and it was embarrassing. I'm not going to lie. So therefore. Oh, anyway, um, awesome. well, Elder Uchtdorf, um, obviously, not obviously, but starts off by talking about our, our savior um, and how what we do to honor him and how we love him um, and how we dedicate our hearts. And he says he does our hearts, our lives and our daily devotion. Um, and he quotes um, from the book of Mormon. We talk of Christ, we rejoice of Christ and in, and we preach of Christ that our children may know to what source they may look for a remission of sins. I was just thinking about this. Actually, I was talking to someone about what I have to help with my kids. Um, when I was a kid, I didn't really have anything to, choose make good choices or, or I, mean, I had the, the notion that i'll get in trouble but for the most part of my my what i want to do my son we were on a watch and he was telling me all of his goals that he wants to do and make sure he provides for his family he's 10 i did not have those goals and ambitions when i was 10 i don't even know what i was doing as 10 so i love um how much just talking to christ and rejoicing in christ has helped made an impact on his on his life um, but he goes into what that means is is practicing discipleship <clears throat> and that it takes effort. It takes time. Um, it's not just something that you decide that you are a disciple of Christ and you just do it. Um, it's it's something that takes a lot of effort. And he, he shares examples on how, um, you know, athletes and, and, and all these other people, uh, just nurses, network networkers, new, nuclear engineers, all study and are very diligent in practicing their craft continually and continually so that way they can perfect it. It's not just an overnight sensation. I love that part. Um, I underlined the section where he, he says, this is an effort of a lifetime and it requires practice. I think we forget that because there's a lot of things that may come easy to us or it looks like you know, other people are just doing everything right. But even President Nelson said this at a, in an earlier talk from conference that it's a lifelong quest. And I, sometimes I just need that reminder that it's not going to happen immediately for me. It's not going to happen overnight. And even if it does, it's, I have to continue to work on that and develop that and share that with others. I like also when he talks about um, how we accept calls 
to teach and serve. And these opportunities allows us to grow in spirit, mind, and character. And they also will help us prepare to make and keep our sacred covenants to bless our lives. Um, and I never really thought about how much that keep my callings allow me to help keep my, my covenants for myself and help bless the life of, of those around me. Um, I, I mean, I, I can say how blessed, but I like to keep my covenants and keep me on that path. Um, and that way, I, I don't think I've ever connected that together, but I definitely, as I kind of pondered that idea, the callings I've had, um, it's, it's definitely helped me in, in many ways do that. Um, so the next thing that he talks about is he does this beautiful invitation to come and join us. And he, he kind of gives that invitation, um, I, I believe, to, to those that aren't members of the church. But I think it was really to everybody uh, to come and, and belong. And I love how he says, come and belong you will make us stronger and you will become better, kinder, and happier as well. Your faith will be de um, deepened and grow more, re um, more resilient, more capable of withstanding the turbulence and unexpected trials of life. And I kind of, I, I don't know, I, what really stood out to me is that you, you will make us stronger. Um, I think that the, the testimonies of, of people in the, the ward, in my ward at least, and people around us, that made me stronger and we forget what a, a valuable asset each of, each of us are um, to each other to help strengthen our testimony. I agree. I love that same part stood out to me too about it's together we're stronger. Cause I think I, I did the same lines of thinking as you, who are the people that have helped my testimony grow? Who's been a testimony? Who's, been an example to me who supported me in my journey and just the two of you are have been huge pillars for me to lean on and to talk things through and and the more that you share your testimony the stronger it grows because I've noticed there's a lot of times just recently that I've shared my testimony and I shared stuff that I didn't plan to or had realized how it was a part of my testimony but because i shared that i was able to realize that in uh, my own life and then it also strengthened my testimony as well to share it with more people and not be so shy about it he also kind of goes of how we can even start of how you know where can we start from um and again i felt like that was an invitation to to really anybody uh, but he says he starts by you know reading the Book of Mormon. Um, and then the second one was to spend some time on comeuntochrist.org. And then the last one was to invite the missionaries to visit with you um, online or, or private on your home where um, this is possible. Um, he makes it very simple, just very simple things to help us gain that step to come and, and join. Um, and I wonder, I mean, I guess I, it's hard to say, like, I wonder why, how, what it looks like on everybody else's point of view. I, I guess I should, since I, since I joined the church and I was, a, uh, I was an investigator at one point in time, but I don't remember what it looks like, but I know that I felt very welcome and, and loved when I was looking at a church and I hope other people still, other people find it easy um, to, to, to find us. So, um, so the next part he goes into is that he talks about the Savior's embrace instant extends to all. Um, 
you know, I think there's a, there's a couple of quotes I know that we'll go into some of our favorite quotes in, in this section, but, um, you know, it's, the, the Savior's love is, is really for everybody. Um, it's, it's for all of us, no matter what statue we're at, whether how much money we have, what how much money we don't have, um, whether we're talented, whether we're not really talented. Um, I definitely fall more in that category of, like can't sing or dance or anything like that that shows any kind of talent but the savior still um loves me and i really like how he was saying that he even loves those that even reject him um he still pours his heart out to him so i, I um, it's something to to remind ourselves of i remember one time in high school i was working um at the mall and it was kind of dead, so I was just at the front um, folding t-shirts and stuff and looking at people. And I don't know what, like, made me think this, but I remember it dawned on me watching everybody, like, Heavenly Father, likes he loves all of these people, all of us, and he loves all of us equally. And Jesus died for each and every one of us and every single sin that we will do, like, ever in our like every single person ever born and it was just amazing to me to like take that step back and literally look at everybody and how in god's eyes he doesn't play favorites he really he loves each of us and i like how he goes on to say that you know he even loves those who reject him and he goes on talking about you know, even those headstrong, unruly child that become angry with God in, on his church and they, you know, go running away. And then he talks about when a child runs away from home, he or she may not notice the concerned parents looking out the window with tender hearts. They watch their son or daughter go, hoping their precious child will learn something from the heart, uh, heart-rending experience and perhaps see life with new eyes and eventually return home. And when I read that, I automatically thought of the story of like the prodigal son. I have always hated that story. And probably, probably because I was always the good son in that story. And I just always felt like it was so unfair that this son could take his inheritance and just walk away and then all of a sudden come back and his dad goes running towards him and throws him a party. And the good son that like stayed and was obedient, I mean, he felt kind of like betrayed, like what the heck, here I've done everything I'm supposed to do and you're throwing a party for him. And it's weird now that I am going through this faith journey, I can actually kind of relate to the prodigal son. Like, um, I now kind of understand the importance of why it was so important for that father to come running out to his son, because I would hope that on my faith journey, that if I walked away from my home and decided to return that my mom um, would come running out to me and welcome me back. So I've kind of had a different perspective on that story 
reading this. See, and that's the prodigal son is one of my absolute favorite stories because <laughs> I came back. But then also one of my favorite conference talks of like all time is Jeffrey um why am I so tongue-tied tonight so I apologize is Holland's talk the other prodigal son that talks about the one who stays and I just love the testament of love that both sons get I mean this whole section you know had me cry up cry out a little bit with he's waiting for your return he's running to embrace you often the people he lifted up had little to offer in return but gratitude a humble heart and the desire to have faith um yeah in the next section he talks about how god allows us to learn from our mistake um Thank goodness for that. I like this section too, because I often talk about like prayer and how you can pray for everything. And I, I don't mean like literally every single choice that you make, but if there's something that you're unsure of and need to pray about, then absolutely. If it's important to you, it's important to him. But I also like this section where uh, Uchtdorf says he expects us to straighten up our shoulders and develop a little resolve and to take another step forward. It's funny reading this section when he says, would you honestly want everything spelled out in every detail? Would you honestly want every question answered, every destination mapped out? I was like, yes, yes, and yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. And maybe because I am a lost soul right now and I need some guidance in my life, but yes, I would love to have all of the answers. Yeah, I, you think that at first, but he does talk about the micromanagement and I've been micromanaged and I, like, I need the management part, but I cannot stand to be micromanaged. And I think if we were, we would be so resentful and even more rebellious. I don't know. This I was telling you both this morning as I was listening to it, and I don't. It's just the mood that I'm in today. I'm like, as like, I honestly, as he was saying these things, I thought it was like this going to. Well, you have that out for prayer because you have a connection with Holy Father. So I'm like, oh yeah, no, I want that. I want that. And then when he says, well, no, you're not going to get that. I was like, oh, wait, this is going the, this is going the absolute wrong direction that I want to go to. <laughs> Hold on. Uh, um, I mean, if I could get a road sign every now and then, that's very blatant and obvious. Like, that's totally cool. But I don't, well, I don't want to be micromanaged. I know. It was hard because when I was pondering today, you know, I'd just been kind of in a, a rougher road these last couple of days and when I when it really came down to it I had a lot of different signs from God that you know what I was doing the right I, I was I was on the right path and, and it was I was doing what needed to be done um, and when it came down to it what I really wanted was just literally God just to literally come down to say you're good you're good and he was giving me that in different signs by 
songs and quotes and texts, but I didn't want that. I wanted him. And so I realized my, um, my human nature of just wanting more than the answers that are already ahead of me. And so obviously I humbled myself a little bit more, I guess. No, but he does give us signs because I've had so many experiences and maybe I'll share this um, on our Instagram or something, but where once you finally start to act on a prompting, like there's little signs that he gives you like little breadcrumbs, like, yes, like this is what you're supposed to do. Like, I'm so happy that you're listening and it's kind of like a reward and to know to keep on that path, even if it's hard. I did also listen to a really good story um i listened to this podcast uh, about um forgiveness and you know um so william w phelps was one of the first you know um one of the first people leaders of the church or whatnot i i, I don't remember what line is impossible I, I believe he was called apostle uh, from joe smith it was in the early days of the church and he actually ended up leaving the church because he was really upset and um he was um, you know, to had arguments, you know, with Joseph Smith and whatnot. And he ended up actually testifying against Joseph Smith um, to, for his trial on treason um, and was, you know, there to sign, you know, all the documents to, to put him in jail. So not only did he go against the church, but he also was going against the prophet. Well, years later, he went on, um, he had a change of heart and went to ask for forgiveness to Joseph Smith and um, joined the church again and joined him. And he actually was the one to write praise to the man, which I didn't know that. And I didn't realize his story at all. And I was kind of realizing the journey that he went through of having to walk away from everything, come back and be able to accept repentance and forgiveness and to be able to write a song that is, um, you know, used to, to share uh, the love that we have for the restoration of the gospel. Um, and, you know, very, um, has, which has a lot of powerful words, powerful words that help us understand, be appreciative of the things that we have um, because of the gospel being restored to us. Um, it's, it's amazing. I, I don't know if he would have been able to get that, those beautiful words together if he didn't go through this whole entire process that makes sense. And so, um, again, I was kind of trying to humble myself to think that, yeah, we do need to go through these things. We will become better in the end. And I love how the very title of this is that God allows us to learn our mistakes. He wants us to do this. This is what's for us. Um, so that way we can get better one of these days. Um, I really appreciate how in this section, Elder Utdorf points out, um, kind of, that leaders of the church aren't perfect either, that they make mistakes. I think growing up as a kid, like so much praise was put on Joseph Smith. And I think in a way I kind of idolized him. So as I got older and in recent years have like learned more things, um, it's kind of been troubling things that I have found out about him. But reading this, I appreciated him bringing up that you know, Joseph Smith was quite young when he received these revelations and he lacked experience and to some probably seemed underqualified. And then he goes on to say, God didn't wait to find a perfect person to restore his gospel. If he had, he would still, or we would still be waiting or he would still be waiting. 
And I really, I really like that because it's true. As much as we would like to think that apostles and prophets are perfect or that Joseph Smith was perfect, I mean, they were human too, and they were just as prone to mistakes and um, sin as we are. So I like that he brought that up. Me too. I really enjoyed that section. And uh, my favorite part of that section was, and yet the Lord called him anyway. And it got me thinking about all those things that we see on Pinterest and stuff about how none of the Lord's prophets have been perfect. So not just Joseph Smith, but none of them, like Noah doubted himself and all these, all these different prophets throughout the Bible and the Book of Mormon, they all doubted themselves or they turned away or they did all these different things. And later on in that section, he Uchtdorf says, God uses the weak and the plain to bring about his purposes. This truth stands as a testimony that it's God's power, not man's, that accomplishes his work on earth. And I just, I mean, I know coming back to the church and being inactive for so long, I don't, I don't feel qualified to do different things, or I don't think that I could ever get to a place that I could fulfill that different calling. But I saw this, um, I saw it somewhere and it said, name one person in the scriptures that was struggle free that God chose. And then, you know, it had a couple dashes and it goes, I'll wait. And then it had a list of everybody. Like Abraham was old, Peter was this, and all these, all these different people who accomplished God's work because of him. So I looked up, um, a few different things, um, in research and it talked about how in each new calling is an opportunity for us to serve and grow, but that in callings, we represent the Savior and the, the work that we do, no matter how small it may seem, has eternal consequences. So just in like our ministering to others, the smallest gesture that we might not even think two things about, it was just us being kind and respectful to someone else can have long-term effects on that person and then how they, and then they spread it out to somebody else. So I, I agree with you. I love this whole section. I love what he pointed out um, that we're not perfect and we're not going to be. So with that, him pumping us up, letting us know that we're all welcome and loved he asked us just to hear him and, and follow him. And that was the final section that he had. Um, he, he goes over that what God, how God appeared Joseph Smith and what he said to him was to hear him, hear his son, um, Jesus Christ, um, to follow him, um, to gather your faith and take upon yourself his cross. And I like how he says you will, Find that you do belong in his church, a place of warmth and welcoming where you can join in the grand pursuit of disciple, discipleship and happiness. Um, and he invites us to learn of Christ, study his word, hear him, actively participate in his great work um, and belong. Um, and I think that right now, especially, I, I mean, there's definitely places in, well, actually, I guess we're starting to go to church, but it's very only half the church and I mean half the congregation um but hopefully those 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 people that we can connect with on a more sporadic basis we can feel like we belong and we can help them feel they belong too as well as we've all really 
what's kind of kind of cool about COVID and this whole thing is that we've all had the same reset button in a sense. You know, you can't, you know, we all know what we've been going through. We all know it's been hard. We all know it's been stressful. Um, and so when we come back together, finally, hopefully we can connect that of how has God blessed us and how has God um, blessed each one of us in, and help us feel belong and togetherness and kind of coming on the same page because we all have gone through the same exact crisis, maybe in different degrees and different levels, but the same crisis has, has affected, us, affected us all. Um, so that was President uh, was Elder Uchtdorf and his, his wonderful talk on Come and Belong. Um, I think, I think my, uh, my quote was first. We had three different quotes like usual. Uh, mine was says that there's no threshold of perfection you must attain in order to qualify for God's grace. I, um, just always a reminder, I have, the last couple of quotes I have have been hard to really put extra thoughts on it because it's just one of those like, yep, there you go. You said it right. But I'm a person who always, am, I, I always kind of demand perfection of myself and sometimes I'm very, um, it's, it's uh, not healthy for me to do that. And so to remind myself that I don't have to be perfect to feel God's love. I just need to be, just need to be me because he loves me for who I am. So that was my quote. Um, Kristen, what was, what was yours? Well, since I had to whittle it down to just one, uh, the one I picked for uh, this talk is, even though, you will, even though you feel far away from God, he will see you, he will have compassion for you, and run to embrace you. I just, the imagery of him looking out and waiting for you and then running to embrace you. I'm sorry. It's just so touching to me to know that he, he truly cares and knows you and is waiting and looking for you and trying to give you those breadcrumbs for you to come back to him. So that, that part really is my favorite. That was also my favorite quote, Kristen. <laughs> but as always, she won this time. <laughs> hey, you got it last time when we wrote. I know, I know. Um, so my default quote is, <laughs> it's, it's a good one though. You don't have to be perfect. You only have to have a desire to develop your faith and draw nearer to him each day. And I liked that little key word desire because no matter where you are on this journey of faith, if you're on your way out, if you're coming back, if you're already near him, all you have to have is that desire to come unto him. Awesome. Well, there we go. There we have it for this week's episode of Sitting With My Sisters. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, we appreciate you guys. And we'll see you next time on Sitting With My Sisters. See you later, alligator. Wild crocodile. <laughs>